All right, Nate, you know what? Uh, it's been a little while, but I actually got things rolling pretty good on my own here today. Cool. Glad to hear it. Hey, uh, who's that guy over there that's winning all the games at the Sabak table? Oh, pff, Han Solo. You know how it is. Han Solo? Yeah. No, no, I've seen pictures of Han Solo. I know people who know Han Solo. That does not look like Han Solo. Yeah, dude, that's that's Han Solo. He, uh, I checked his ID, everything. Yeah, that's that's Han Solo. But his hair is so long, and I can hear his voice from here, and it's just not quite right. Uh, I don't know what to tell you. Maybe, um, you know, maybe there's there's some changes since you last saw him. Uh, maybe you're remembering differently, but I mean, that's definitely Han Solo. Right, Han Solo just magically became another person. You know what? If you're not going to take this seriously. I'm out. Uh, oh, okay. Well, I guess I'll just keep doing this by myself then. Enjoy your stay. I suggest a new strategy. You just really belong here with us, fucking club. Welcome, scoundrels, back to Cloud City Casino, your destination for Star Wars and gaming. And I'd like to thank you to, for visiting our fabulous podcast in the clouds. And I'm the administrator of this facility and your host, Michael Morris. And the other guy who likes to get stuff done, Nathan P. Butler. Hey, everybody. Yes, I know I said I was going, but Labot reminded me of my contractual obligations at the door. So I'm here. That's still not Han Solo, but I'm here. I'm so glad I made you sign that. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's working out great for everyone involved, isn't it? Yeah, man. So uh, we haven't recorded in a while. This is true. It's been a while since, I guess what, our last episode was talking about the multiplayer stuff for Battlefront 2 and a little bit of other stuff around that as far as recent happenings. And you, for some reason, had said that you wanted to hold off the story DLC for the next episode because you had something to say about it, I guess. So I'm assuming that's this episode. Are we going to talk the story DLC amongst other stuff this time? No, let's push that back to next episode. You know what? Lava, <laughs> I may be willing to take the penalty. Uh, no, yeah, we're, we're going to hit that up as well as uh, a lot of the other news going on. So you remember, you know, a uh, few episodes back, it's been it's been months now where I was like, ah, my stomach is killing me. Like uh, right in the middle of that episode. Yeah, was it the Xenomorph again, trying to get out? No, uh, turns out I had a uh, kidney stone that's 11 millimeters, which would be like the size of a, uh, like a dog food, uh, you know, little little dog food capsule thingy. You know what I'm talking about? Like the little kibble? Like, like a little pellet? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. about the size of that kidney stone that had basically... Uh, like dropped down, but could not go anywhere from my kidney, and it caused my kidney to actually swell up twice its size. Ow! Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, that uh, that ended up taking out. Uh, it ended up making for a, a pretty hectic week. Um, you know, and uh, having to go through some procedures and stuff to get that taken care of, and you know, like you do. I was on really heavy pain meds and decided to, you know, start working on a car and almost cut my finger off. You know, just the usual. That's why we have a cybernetic hand sitting in inventory. I saw it come in, but I, 
that's not gaming apparatus. I wasn't quite sure what that was for. I guess that's to replace your uh, your digit. Now, am I understanding correctly? Because you described this uh-huh. that you crushed your wedding ring like to the bone. No, um, it, or something or it, close to it? it. It didn't crush the ring. It basically was just the um, uh, it had grabbed a hold of it. I, because again, you don't make good uh, decisions when you're on heavy painkillers. I was, you know, I was like, oh, let me do this. Now let me do that. And then I, I wasn't thinking. Um, I had the, the car or the actual uh, Jeep. It was my, my work Jeep that I had running. And I was like, well, let me, I'm like, this is not where it needs to be. It's like the little uh, electric fan. I'm like, let me just kind of shove that back where it needs to go. Well, when I tried to do that, my hand slipped because it was like stuck a lot harder than I thought it would. My hand slipped, hit one of the uh, pulleys for the, like the serpentine belt and that pulley basically hit my wedding ring, knocked my wedding ring around, uh, and basically like just turned it into like a blade and just sliced um, all the way around my finger down to the bone. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. You you need to you know when you have something medical going on, mm-hmm. I think you need to just lay down. Yeah, cr- I, I think you need to stop doing anything. Christine grounded me. I was allowed to watch TV and pl- uh, put together Lego sets, and that was it. Dude, I need to get hurt. That actually sounds like some fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, so, well, but, I guess I'll, be, but, I'll be the next one. I've got a. Uh, I'm hoping my my ability to speak remains fine. I've had some dental work recently that was fine, but I'm going to have to have surgery soon uh, on my mouth because an old root canal has decided to take an old metal rod that they don't even use. Mm-hmm. root canals anymore uh, and it is now stabbing out of my gum into my cheek wow so i get to have that all fixed sometime soon for right now it is grin and bear it mode but i think you've got me beat on this one i'm i i, I don't think that i am gonna be quite as disoriented as you were and even so i'm not crazy enough to try to work on heavy machinery that's why there are signs that say on on every prescription bottle if you use this, don't use heavy machinery. Well, I didn't start out meaning to use heavy machinery. I just I started out doing small stuff, and then uh, it kind of kept escalating, and I just forgot. Eventually to heavy machinery. Yeah. yeah. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> so what are we talking about this time? I know we have a few things, and, and time is just a little bit short for us just because uh, of just a very busy weekend going on here. So what do you want to talk about first? Well, we've got, um, you know, that new Han Solo trailer dropped, uh, some more uh, Star Wars film news and kind of hit those things. And then uh, most of, you know, I guess we'll also kind of mention some Fantasy Flight stuff. Uh, It's kind of sort of going on over there. And then uh, from there, it's pretty much all Battlefront news and then talking about that uh, story DLC. Sounds good. So the first thing you mentioned was the Han Solo trailer, as I like to call it, the guy who thinks he's Han Solo trailer. <laughs> um, and we actually got two, right? We got the story. We kind of got the story teaser. That was the main one that came through Good Morning America and then online. But then nope. during the nope. Super Bowl. Nope, nope. You got those backwards. I got what backwards? The teaser was at the Super Bowl. And then the full thing was the next morning on Good Morning America. Right. The, but the full thing that was on Good Morning America, they're calling the story teaser. And they're not calling either of them a trailer. Ah, okay. Yet. Well, well, the so teaser the to the Super teaser. Bowl, the Super Bowl teaser 
for the teaser. <laughs> right. And then the Han Solo story teaser on Good Morning America. <laughs> and if there's going to be one called trailer, it's got to come come later. See, I knew what I was talking about. I was just making sure. I was just making sure. Um, uh, so are you, I mean, did, did it excite you? Did it get you interested? I know we've talked before about our levels of interest in the film so far. Did anything change with this teaser? Dude, I am so stoked for this movie. Really? Yeah. Because of Lando and the pimp coat? I mean, look, I'm not going to say that that probably isn't like somewhere down in the back of my mind affecting that. But just watching the trailer, I'm just like, this looks like a lot of fun. Um, I think I think after, you know, watching uh, one of my, my uh, heroes die on screen then having the ability to watch one of my other heroes that I know won't die because of the timeline, I'm like, okay, this will be safe and fun. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, it just, it looks really fun. I like how they, uh, they're doing a lot of new stuff with it, but there's a lot of cool old stuff in there too. Um, like I, a lot of people have been doing screen grabs and stuff and actually seeing that we're going to have a, uh, you know, a couple of Twi'leks. Which is crazy because we haven't had Twi'leks in uh, any of the new Star Wars movies. Um, you know, actually saw a two one B droid. Um, I think it was Entertainment uh, Entertainment Weekly maybe that posted some uh, photos and and they actually uh, showed one with a two one B droid. So it's cool to actually see some of these familiar things again. Um, I, I think it it looks pretty good. One of the things that I was worried about was uh, Woody Harrelson because when I watch Woody Harrelson, I you know, I can't be like, oh, okay, this is a guy and, and he's playing that role. I just see Woody Harrelson. Um, but surprisingly, now granted it was only like a split second, but I was like, oh, you know what? I can, I think watching the movie, I'll buy that as just whatever character he's playing. Nice. Uh, I'm sorry you had to see one of your heroes die on screen. Uh, Snoke, we barely knew you. I know. Um, <laughs> but and I think that, that for me, I'm more interested in it now than I was before. Right. And I think that if these were not characters we were supposed to already know, we'd be looking at just a fun Star Wars romp and I'd be more positive on it so far. Mm -hmm. But I'm still kind of in that casting mindset of this is going to be made or broken by Alden uh, Ehrenreich's portrayal of Han specifically. Right. Um, outside of his casting, I'm looking at it and I'm like, you know, Woody Harrelson. Normally I would have said Woody Harrelson, but... I saw him and liked the way that he actually played a character rather than himself, basically, um, in Hunger Games. So I think that he would be good for this. Um, Amelia Clark. Everybody's like, oh, my God, it's Daenerys Targaryen. I'm sitting back saying, oh, my God, it's Daenerys Targaryen. You know, <laughs> the character whose arc has made her interesting, but whose performance has been completely lacking the entire series. Um, there's nothing that links her in my mind to Daenerys except for the fact that she's just the one that played him as opposed to it being something that's so ingrained that it's like this actor, this actress is the character. Kind of the way I look at Daisy Ridley and I think Ray or uh, Finn, uh, as soon as I think of, bon of John Boyega, Finn pops to mind and that sort of thing. Um, but we'll see. We'll see how well they handle mm -hmm. it. But I'm concerned just because there are people I knew who watched the, the teaser from the Super Bowl, saw that shot of Han kind of scarred from behind whatever they were looking at him through, where they ask his name, and they're like, oh my God, I don't know if they use CGI or what, but that so looks like Harrison Ford. And I don't think we were watching the same teaser. <laughs> there's, uh, yeah, there, there's a lot of people I saw that they're like, that is that is so Han Solo, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you know, here's my thing. I am excited about it. 
I uh, I can't wait to see the movie, but I'm also not going to just be like, oh, they got it so right. He 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 looks just like mm-hmm. him because no, he doesn't. But that's fine for me. Like I get it. I I understand that Harrison Ford's Harrison Ford, and you know you're not going to to be able to just grab someone who can just replicate that. Uh, the only other person, and a lot of people keep bringing up. Uh, Another guy who... Uh, Ingruber. Uh, but the thing about Ingruber is that he's not really... Um, from my understanding, he's not really like an actor that like pretty much... he It was like he does an Im- impression that he doesn't really have the legs to to carry a film. Um, you know, yeah, he kind of looks like him and, and he can kind of do a, an impression, but is it going to feel like watching Han Solo or is it going to feel like a, a guy who's pretending to be Han Solo. Right. I think that I mean, for me, I know I'm not going to get, you know, the Harrison Ford type of thing. So, and I, and I discussed this in depth when I did a, a uh, reaction to the teaser on my vlog, so I won't go too much into it. But to me, sort of the Star Trek films, the new Star Trek films, that is, give me the three different tiers of how you could approach recasting. You could do the Zachary Quinto as Spock, which is a dead-on performance where he even looks the part and you could sort of see him as a younger Leonard Nimoy. Um, or the opposite end of the spectrum, you've got the Chris Pine, the Zoe Saldana, the Anton Yelchin, where you're like, okay, you're telling me these are the characters and you're writing them as the characters, but they look nothing like them and their performance captures nothing from the original. Like, I don't see Chris Pine and ever think of him as a young or alternate version of William Shatner, ever. Or Zoe Saldana for Nichelle Nichols, partly because or who didn't get to do as much, I guess, on the original series. Um, but I'm hoping for maybe a middle ground of like a Carl Urban. You see Carl Urban, you don't see Leonard H. Bones McCoy. But as soon as he opens his mouth and starts using the mannerisms and such of McCoy, of DeForest Kelly's performance, it's amazing. It's an amazing transformation. And you could see him as a young McCoy, even though he doesn't look the part as much as one might have expected or as much as one might have hoped. So I'm hoping that we're going to get kind of a Carl Urban McCoy version of Han Solo here where his mannerisms, his way of speaking and the performance itself overcomes any slight difference in look um, to make us believe that this could be him. But it's it's going to have to be more in the Trek vein because people keep griping and saying, well, they cast, you know, different people as Anakin Skywalker and Darth Vader and you didn't complain. Well, yeah, but when you go from Jake Lloyd to Hayden Christensen, there's a 10 year gap or uh nine-year gap, depending. I guess it's 10 years in film time, uh, or it's more like, a, sorry, 11 years in age time because of that, because he's nine and becomes 20 um, in a 10-year gap. But you look at that, and that makes sense because, of course, they're different ages. Of course, they were going to recast the person. But here we're looking at a story that is only going to have a matter of a few years in between no, this one and A New Hope, supposedly. No, it's going to be 10 years. Um, but See, granted, I've, I've the, heard everything from it's going to be from 11 BBY up to about 5 BBY. I've heard it back and forth. I don't know that they've pinned anything down specifically. According to Kasdan, this it, isn't a. But this is even if even if that's the case, this is not a little kid. Right, right. Becoming an adult, so the the casting, it's gonna have to be sort of a Carl Urbany thing because you just you don't have the leeway or the luxury of saying, well, of course he looks somewhat different, talks somewhat different, mannerisms are all different the way that it was with Jake Lloyd and, and Hayden Christensen, the, because you don't have that kind of, of development. I mean, he's not a kid. Well, yeah, the, the easiest way to say it is that um, there's the difference of puberty. 
Right. And are we saying that this guy, if you're saying it's 10 years before, mm-hmm. then we're talking about a story that's beginning when he's 19. Does this guy look like a 19 year old Han Solo to us? Um, to me, he doesn't look 19 and probably because the guy is the same age basically now as approximately as Han Solo was in A New Hope. Han Solo was 29 in A New Hope. I want to say that uh, uh, Aaron Reich, I think he's 28 this year, um, something like that. Yeah, so, so he's a couple years it, younger. There's, there's got to be that age difference or that progression of one time frame to another to get him to be Han. But I think that it's and come, it's going to come down to the performance. Of course, he's not going to look exactly like. Of course, he's not going to sound exactly like him. But if he can nail the performance in a Carl Urban McCoy sort of way, mm-hmm. that's going to go a long way to dispelling it. You're still going to have people out there saying, well, you know, hashtag not my Han Solo or something like that. Yeah. But it's going to go a long way toward dispelling it because that's the same thing we, we saw whenever they did the recasting on the Trek films. You had a lot of people saying, you know, I will never watch this Trek because Chris Pine isn't my Kirk and that sort of thing. But even the people who were the, the most vehement against that are often still fairly positive on Carl Urban and Zachary Quinto as McCoy and Spock because of their performances, even if they still don't like what was around it. So if it's a fun Star Wars story and he's able to nail that style of performance for Han – I think it'll work. I still don't think we needed a Han Solo origin story. I think that's been done to death in Legends, and now we're getting it on film, and it's it's not as interesting to me as to try to go into something new. But I remember going into Rogue One not super excited and really loved it, so I'm trying to keep an open mind. I mean, the thing is, though, is, I mean, we don't have that story now, you know? Um, Yeah. So it's like, okay, uh, you want to kind of get uh you want to take care of it and and for me i would rather get any story um as a film rather than as um um you know a a book and especially as a comic (laughs) wait 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 wait. except for the phasma novel we don't want to see the phasma novel done as a movie we barely think it should have existed as a book please please don't don't take him literally on that. I have to, to be fair. I still have not gotten around to reading that yet, so I can't. the The premise sounds awesome, uh, but that's about as much as I can really uh, say on on the matter. I, I have not gotten around to reading it. I will. It's the next book on my uh, reading list. Um, make make sure you read it the next time you're on high levels of painkillers. It might improve the experience. <laughs> so so we got the Han Solo teaser, mm-hmm. but we also got other Star Wars news. Pretty much immediately after that, like after months of not really much news at all, it was like boom, boom, boom. And this is news that actually kind of goes back to the Targaryen reference, right? We've got uh, David Benioff, or Benioff, forget how to say it, uh, and D.B. Weiss, the guys that basically took the Game of Thrones or A Song of Ice and Fire novel series and adapted it for television with George R. R. Martin to make Game of Thrones for HBO – um, those guys are being tapped to write a new series of Star Wars films. I've seen it reported some places as a trilogy. The original announcement said a series, so whether that right. means several or it means specifically three, it's hard to say, but definitely more than one. And, of course, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of kind of excited because this seems completely within their purview. I mean, you do have the fact that um, Luke was trying to hook up with Leia, and they <laughs> certainly have plenty of experience with the brother-sister relationship thing. Um, you've got a lot of people saying, oh, this means they're going to pull the Deadpool and we're going to have an R-rated Star Wars film. I'm not sure that 
you could take the sensibilities of something like Game of Thrones and apply it to Star Wars, but to say that that's the only thing they can do is probably not being fair to these guys. Um, but what did you think of that announcement? I, it, it's, it was a surprise to me. And this was alongside them also talking about how in Netflix or the uh, the Disney version of like a Netflix thing they're going to be launching, that there's multiple Star Wars series in development for that as far as shows go. What did you make of those announcements um, for things that we probably won't see for a matter of a few years yet. Yeah, and that's that's the biggest thing is because there's so much more. Th- this is like, hey, we got some news, but then again, it's like, do do we really have enough to sink your teeth into? Um, I I just like okay, that's fine. Like I like Game of Thrones. It's not always been great. Uh, there's there's been times that I've I've uh, really not like where they went with it specifically uh these guys like even where it deviated from the books uh there's times where i think it did a better job than what they did in the books so um you know i I think it's pretty good my initially i was like well i I hope i hope that they remember what star wars is and don't try to make it uh too adult you know i don't want to see a rated r star wars because there is there's a relatively large group of uh the fan base that um want a a rated r star wars film and i i think that sort of flies in the face of everything that star wars actually is but nonetheless there there are people who who want that um but fortunately pablo hidalgo was like no (laughs) like that you know he essentially was like that's that's not a thing so um you know I am optimistic, but I'm not going to get too excited until we find out more because they're just writing and producing. You know, we don't even have a director tapped yet, or um, we don't even know what what it's going to. Is it the? Are they doing uh, um, Obi Wan films? Are they going to do the Old Republic? Are they going to do like a Rogue Squadron thing? I mean, I've heard all of those things get get uh, mentioned, you know, but but by nothing official, just basically fan speculating. So when I know, um, then I can go, Oh, that sounds awesome. Or like, eh, I guess, you know, so that's, yeah, that's, I don't think we know enough. You're right at this point to really say anything. Um, but I'd agree with you that and I think more often than not on the latter that you said, rather than the former, because when I look at game of Thrones, you know, I read all the books. Um, if you've never read all the books, the first couple are pretty good. Then they become interminable slogs with the same dialogue over and over again. I mean, it, they're, they're, they're a mess once you get to the latter ones um, as far as writing is concerned and writing style is concerned. But what I found is as they've moved beyond the books mm-hmm. and they've had to kind of do their own thing to carry on the story, I've noticed that the tone and the pacing and the amount of, hey, guys, we're on HBO, so we must have this gratuitous this, that, and the other in this show because otherwise it's not HBO, right? Mm-hmm. Um all of that kind of stuff has been reined in to create what I feel like is a better product for Game of Thrones the last season or two than since they really got beyond about season one. Um, it seems like these guys have a good handle on being able to tell that kind of epic story with the focus on the individual characters still 
without it being, you know, overblown. Like, I was amazed by the fact that in the last season, we had characters go from one part of the world to the other, and it only took maybe an episode or so, rather than us having to have an entire season of them walking from one place to the other. Yeah, um, but of course that made out... of storyline in a large universe to keep the story interesting. But of course that irritated the fans. <laughs> that, that's like I'm the biggest a fan. Thing. I'm just a fan who thinks that walking doesn't make a good story. That's why I'm having a really hard time getting through the Lord of the Rings books. I love the films, but I'm on Two Towers and I'm having a lot of trouble getting through Two Towers because most of the Lord of the Rings books are and they were walking and look at that pond. You know how that pond fits into the history of Middle Earth? I'm going <laughs> to tell you all about it. Yeah. Uh, Lord of the Rings is much more of a study on the geography of Middle Earth than it is an adventure story in most respects. Yeah. And I think that Arwen... these guys do it well, but remember I'm the guy who's all about pacing to the point where <clears throat> That's, for me, why Rogue One and Last Jedi and Force Awakens are my top three Star Wars films right now, because most of the Lucas Star Wars films have these pacing issues for me that make it harder to watch. Like, The Empire Strikes Back is a phenomenal film, but it can't be in my top tier because of how much the middle section for me drags uh, when I'm trying to rewatch it. So, you know, take my opinion with a grain of salt. These guys might be exactly catering to my type of of story, whereas my type of story is probably not everybody's preferred method. Yeah, possibly. Um, so, I mean, I, like I said, it's unfortunately there's there was a, a big uproar in social media around it and everything, but I don't have much else to say about it, and uh, you know, until we know more. Well, can I ask you one quick question relating to the other part of the announcements, which was the whole TV series thing within the app? Mm -hmm. um, my wife and I cut the cord. We do Netflix, Hulu. Um, we do Sirius XM because I'd like to listen to a lot of that stuff, but that's not video. Right. Uh, we tend to get season passes and stuff sometimes through iTunes. And we did subscribe to CBS All Access specifically for Star Trek Discovery, um, though we are using it to watch Young Sheldon and, and uh, SEAL Team now also. But it was mainly for Discovery. Uh, if they're going to have these exclusive Star Wars series on this new paid Disney streaming service – do you have any reservations about paying for kind of yet another streaming service out there for that specific thing? Uh, do you think that we're going to see more fans getting used to that idea? Because when Discovery was the main reason for a lot of people to sign up for CBS All Access, which many people didn't even know existed until until Discovery, um, there was a lot of pushback on that. And now here's Star Wars kind of doing the same thing. Um what do you think about that idea of signing up for another service? And is this, I mean, is this the new model? What do you think about this whole sign up for one franchise and pay monthly for an entire service for one franchise? So, yeah, I mean, it's, um, I get it. I, I know there's been a lot of people who are like, oh, I'm tired of having to, you know, sign up for everything. This is why I cut cable. Um, you know, it basically ends up being the same thing if I, if I end up, you know, having to, to subscribe to multiple different um, uh, networks or, you know, whatever they are, um, the, the different apps. My thing is like, yes, I get that, but I would have no problem signing up for this. If the content is going to be there and it looks like it will be, uh, especially because, um, you know, one thing I've I heard is that, uh, them purchasing Fox has a lot to do with them trying to get more content for the streaming service. Um, that that was actually something that played a lot into them, you know, actually deciding that they wanted uh, to, to buy Fox. 
So if the content is there and the price is right, uh, for instance, you know, I don't want to pay like $15 a month. I think that's kind of high. But, you know, anything that's roughly uh, 10 bucks or below, I think it's a, an easy buy for me. And I, um, you know, I, I had pretty much decided from the moment that they, uh, they said they were going to do it that, you know, yeah, that's fine. I'll, I'll jump on this because I don't have, you know, all I have is uh, Hulu, uh, Amazon, which, you know, kind of comes with my, my Prime membership, and then um, Netflix. Uh, Netflix, I don't get as much value out of my Netflix as my Hulu account. Really? Yeah. I mean, it's the thing is that if it were just me, I would only uh, subscribe to Netflix the months that, like, you know, like they're like, oh, okay, here's Stranger Things. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm going to subscribe to Netflix and sit down and binge that. And then once that month's over, I'm not going to pick it back up. I it just, there's so rarely. Uh, anything on Netflix that I actually like. And, you know, occasionally something will pop up, I'll watch it, and then I'm done with it. And I have to wait, you know, a month or two uh, before the, the next thing. So, you know, a, a prime example. I, I liked this, uh, you know, they did the Godzilla Planet of the Monsters. That was cool. I would have subscribed for that. But prior to that, I don't think there's been anything on since Stranger Things 2. I can't recall anything, because um, hmm. I'm, I'm. And then, you know, prior to that, there wasn't anything uh, prior to Punisher. So I just I don't know. There's not that much stuff on Netflix now. Granted, I, I uh, quite often I, I will kind of fire up Clone Wars, but at the same time, you know, that's something that you can go pretty cheaply and uh, purchase the entire set on Blu-ray and watch. So, which I mean, that's not that convenient. I've gotten to her now. Um, streaming has made me really lazy. I'm like, I don't want to get up and go find which disc to take out and put in and then, you know, go into the screen and select it and then select which episode. Just play it already. Oh, oh you and your first world problems, <laughs> right? <my friend>. Um, <laughs> it's, it's I, don't know, I think, think price-wise, you're, you're about right that it's going to have to be determined by price. I know CBS All Access is, I think, six a month. Or it's ten a month if you want the no commercials package, um, but at least it's a monthly thing. I know a lot of people who, for instance, waited on Discovery, and now that the whole first season is out, they're going to subscribe for one month and watch it. That's what my wife and I do for Game of Thrones. We don't watch right. it; week to week. we wait till the season's done, subscribe for a month. Um, but I guess I guess it's it's all going to depend. I mean, those are relatively, you know, they're not too bad. Netflix with uh, 4K right now is about 14 a month. I want to say, but. We also subscribe to the NHL uh, app, the NHL TV thing, so we can watch Blackhawks games and 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 somehow by the fact that we are watching cause them to lose because it happens every single time. <laughs> um, but that was a much more expensive proposition, and that's even with games being blacked out if they're aired on some other channel that's actually on cable. Um, so it's really going to, I think, come down to price point. I can't see Star Wars fans saying, okay, no. But you got to wonder, I mean, with Trek... There were a lot of people who said Discovery isn't my Trek because it is stylistically quite different than traditional Trek shows. Mm -hmm. And it does have some continuity stuff that makes you kind of scratch your head. And how does this fit between Enterprise and the original series and that sort of thing? Right. It's happening around the time of the original series' first pilot, The Cage. And in that sense, um, there were a lot of people who said, nope, I'm not going to pay. And 
it was like they were revolting against the fact that they would have to pay for a new service. But in a lot of cases, it was with that whole, well, this isn't my trek anyway kind of feeling. Uh, and it just kind of makes me wonder with as much of a contingent out there still in Star Wars fandom that says, you know, Disney's Star Wars isn't my Star Wars, how that's going to play into the streaming service debate when the Disney one comes out. But, but multiple Star Wars series? I mean, I'm I'm in. I'm in if, if, even if it was one. Um, right. But I, right. That, that goes to the, to the series thing. I mean, Disney, you give me new Star Wars stuff, I'll do it. Uh, CBS All Access, you're gonna me new Trek stuff. Okay, I'll do it. Uh, Stargate, you want to give me Stargate Origins and have me pay for your service? Screw you. I like Stargate, but not that much. Uh, <laughs> That's where I draw the line. I know. Uh, uh, yeah, it's definitely a, a a line in the sand kind of thing. So, speaking of lines in the sand, see, see, you gotta have me around. Oh, I hate sand. Uh, I know, I know. It, it gets everywhere and apparently it's in all star wars movies just about now because we just found out there's going to be another sand planet it looks like in solo um but speaking of drawing lines in the sand of course the biggest thing recently with star wars gaming where a line was drawn in the sand was loot boxes and the whole issue of loot boxes and progression and microtransactions when they were still existed within the context of battlefront 2 and just recently we saw them basically try to kind of bribe the community or basically give a reward to the community basically saying, hey, so we've got these issues. We have now fixed some issues. Thank you for your patience. Here's a crate. Um, here's a free supply crate uh, the next time you log in to Battlefront, which is funny because for me, you put this in the show notes. And I was like, what is he talking about? And it caused me to log in to Battlefront 2 for the first time in probably two or three weeks. <laughs> yeah. Actually grab, you know, to, to grab that crate. And it does appear to be just a random crate of five items. Uh, one of them is always apparently 4,000 credits. Right. One is always 15 crafting parts. But then there's three star cards that are all completely different. Like for me, they were all just common cards where every single one basically was a duplicate. Mm -hmm. But it depends on the, you know, it's, it's just random again. But it was interesting to me that they would basically put it out there as, hey, we did these fixes. Here you go. As opposed to it being just... You know, like usually it's it's an event like to celebrate this many months of the game or to celebrate the end of the season of The Last Jedi, they would do it. Whereas this was basically a mea culpa. Yeah, we know we screwed up some. We're working on fixing it. Thanks for your patience. Here you go, um, which is just a different context for us to get it. Um, what did you think of that? Was it you know, was it useful? Was it a good idea? I expected it to be like a card that I open up and it says after the rain comes the rainbow. I'm sorry. I killed your son, Kylo Ren. Um, cause it was, it was basically like a, we're sorry type of package, but less funny. Do you have any idea what I'm talking about whatsoever? I have no idea what you're talking about. The, uh, the Saturday night live skit. Yeah. I don't tend to watch SNL outside of weekend update anymore. You, you watched the undercover boss, uh, star killer base edition though, right? A long time ago when it was first aired. Yeah, I remember very little except for Matt in the costume. Oh, my God. That was like the best thing ever where he's what? like, he's like, oh, I feel really bad about his son because the guy's talking about like how his son died. He's like, especially since I'm the one who killed him. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's interesting. They did. I guess I should say that along with this, before we really get into it, they did also do a recent update since the last time we recorded, I believe. Right. Um, that added. Let's see. It added. uh Aiden's TIE Fighter as an unlockable ship to use, which is basically a TIE LN, just a regular TIE LN. Um, 
gave us a new blast map for crate and then basically just did a bunch of balance tweaks and stuff like that to many of the the characters but i found it kind of odd like the way that they worded it i would have expected that the thank you for your patience you know we're making fixes thing right would have been something that would have come with the patch but the patch was the patch was like two to three weeks ago and they just did the whole thing with the um, the crate fairly recently, right? I mean, I hadn't logged in, so it was just sitting there for me. Do you know what date it was that they actually gave that crate? It was very recently, like very, very recently. Uh, like I want to say in the last few days. Because um, I'm seeing, I'm seeing the link you gave me to look up information about it is dated the 9th of February. So yeah, that's yesterday. Yesterday, right? <laughs> for us. <clears throat> yeah. So I, you know, I think that um, it may be a little bit more than just that <laughs> um because it, there's uh, dice they did uh, an ama on their like their own website forums and wait th- they had their own american music awards yeah that's weird i thought so too john williams won everything as it should be <laughs> <laughs> um but uh yes they did an ask me anything and um once they filtered through all the the cursing and whatnot, um, basically there was um, the the big thing that that was that came out of it was uh, conquest. A lot of people want conquest, and they basically said no. <laughs> they sort of said, and it's funny because I've seen different articles. Some say, "Oh, we're getting conquest," and others say, "We are definitely not getting conquest." and from my interpretation of the actual um, verbiage that was used, we are not getting conquest. They basically said, we're going to do our best to do something kind of like conquest, but you're not going to get conquest. Um, if you don't know what that is, it is the older uh, gameplay style on the original Battlefront and Battlefront 2 game, uh, back for the Xbox and PS2. Um, and it, it was pretty fun. Um, because you would, it was uh, a little less linear where you could kind of move around. It was, it was very interesting. Um, and like I said, a lot of people really love that and want to see it, um, come back, but it won't be in this game. You need John Boyega to ask for it. Right. Uh, if John Boyega asks for it, then we'll get it in the next game. But, uh, you know, it's funny how, like the one thing that I noticed they kept saying is they're just like, oh, you know. We're kind of planning on doing this, but be sure to let us know what you want. And it's just like, how are you guys not this head of, head of the curve? <laughs> like, what have you been doing? And, you know, like if people are letting you know stuff now, like, when are you going to actually be able to get to that stuff? Like when Battlefront 3 about to come out? I think my interpretation, that's a little bit different than yours. Uh So they talked about Clone Wars DLC, right? They talked about the idea that, you know, I mean, because and people already kind of knew that because there have been data mining and seeing models within the game anyway. Um, But when they talked about seasonal content, they talked about how it will tend to vary based on what fans ask for. But there are certain things that are predetermined and particularly tying into new movies and stuff like that. But when they talk about how. Uh, it will vary depending on what fans ask for. I wasn't thinking of that as what the season is, like what characters or ships and stuff like that we're going to see, but more like what the event format is. Like this time it was, okay, you pick a side, and as you do these challenges day to day, um, then 
eventually one side is going to win and get a little bit of a bonus, but everybody gets something. And we're going to have certain weekends where certain modes are focused on specific maps and that sort of thing, where it was sort of like, except for a couple of new content drops, most of the time it was still the same game you always played. It was just there were certain uh, foci from week to week that would shift where the attention was and that sort of thing, where um, I, I would assume that that sort of thing would be it. I think that the best thing they could do if they really want to do something that fans are asking for, if they're going to do another season with challenges tied into the season, I would really love it if their challenges actually counted correctly. <laughs> um, I, I was doing – for the first months of the game's release until I stopped playing about three weeks ago uh, for the most part – I was doing every single daily challenge and weekly challenge and every challenge that came up every single day. I didn't miss a one since launch. And then for like the, the third time, it was play X number of rounds of uh, Starfighter Assault. And I would go play three. And of course, it's not going to tell you at the end of the match how many you've actually played in your progress because it's always a match delayed for the time challenges for some freaking reason. Mm -hmm. And I would go back to the main screen to look at my progress. And of those three matches that I just played, the entire match of no jumping into the middle, three full matches, um, it tells me you've played one. No, screw you. I'm done. And it was happening repeatedly on a lot of these challenges. There was a, about a week there where there were three pretty much in a row that would not count correctly. And I was done. Um, so it's kind of one of those things where I feel like they're probably looking at the approach, not necessarily the content that's dropping being what fans will ask for. So in that sense, they can probably be kind of flexible, uh, more flexible than we think. But, I mean, I just want it to freaking work right. Right. I don't, I don't right. really care, you know, what format the challenges take as long as there's something that counts correctly. Like if you tell me get 25,000 battle points and I get 25,000 battle points, I damn well better get whatever that was supposed to give me instead of it saying you've got 10,000. Right. No, bro. No, I don't. Um, <laughs> it, it's bad enough that there's nothing right now to draw me back to the game until we have new content dropped because right now it's just a slog to play over and over again unless I'm just going to replay the story mode for summarizing for the timeline that I still haven't gotten around to. Um, there needs to just be something... I don't know. I, the, the user experience still isn't quite where it needs to be to make it something I'm just going to say, hey, sure, I'll just jump into it. Why not? But um, you note here that they've also, because I didn't read the, the AMA, um, that they're also talking about new PVE mode changes and new uh, user interface updates as they're building towards giving us the new progression system and bringing back microtransactions Um probably around March or at least announcing that around March or do they give any specifics on anything like that? Um, I think no. So yeah, it's just kind of a, just a general it, changes are coming, but we don't know exactly what they would be. So we don't know how the user experience and, and the drawing someone back is going to be affected yet then. Right. Aside from DLC. I, like I want to, yeah, I want to say that like that clone wars DLC, which that's the thing, because a lot of people are like, woo, Clone Wars DLC. And I'm like, what does that even mean? <laughs> like, does that mean... The, the season of the Clone Wars. Yeah, like, like, okay, does that mean that, oh, hey, more colors for uh, clone troopers and, and battle droids? Uh, or Well, Grievous is going to be in there, right? Yeah. Because uh, data mine for that. Okay. And, you know, so that that's the thing is, like I said, I just... I wasn't sure exactly what all will be included with that like i'm i'm hoping yeah you know we get uh who all have we not gotten yet maybe grievous would be one and then 
And we could get maybe an Obi-Wan character to play as or an Anakin character to play. And then maybe we could see Anakin fight Vader, which would be a little surreal. Mm -hmm. uh, it just depends on what they what they grab. I would assume probably a new game mode, right? Or, a new, or if not a new game mode, then at least new maps. for Yeah, the that's ones. what I was going to say. Kind of like they did last time. In fact, uh, have we gotten... Um... Have we gotten, uh, oh gosh, dang it, uh, Camino yet? Yeah, we've got Camino. Okay, we do have Camino. Um, we've got Camino, we've got Kashyyyk, and that's the thing, a lot of the Clone Wars locations we've already got. I mean, it's why right. you're able to play as the battle droids and the clone troopers and mm -hmm. stuff like that. Um, so I guess that would, that'd be something that they could work on, but I don't know, you know, which directions they could go. But Clone Wars is a good one. I just, I it, it it's it just kind of comes down to, for me, with the Clone Wars era, it makes me wonder how they would blend the art styles. Mm -hmm. Because, like, let's say they bring Ahsoka into it, right? Oh, Ahsoka's no, 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 no. I think, character. I, I don't think they mean, I don't think they mean, like, the Clone Wars, the TV show. I think they mean the Clone Wars era. But if it's the Clone Wars era, they're going to have to grab from something. I don't see them grabbing characters out of Legends. To have more, you know, player characters. So unless all we're talking about is we're just going to grab more stuff from episode two and episode three. Yeah, that's that's what I literally think that they mean. So you're thinking that they're going to completely leave out anything but the movies, basically. So we might have a Clone Wars season, maybe a solo season, but not necessarily anything drawing from, say, Rebels or from uh, from the Clone Wars TV show. No, I don't think so because I think, look. Um, you know, lots of people uh, love the the Clone Wars TV show, myself included. But I I I don't think that it's current per se um, enough to to actually put yourself into um, into like trying to actually develop characters that look like actual people rather than the animated versions, especially when there's not that many. I mean, you basically have Ahsoka and Rex, right? Everybody else had right. actual um, actors that had portrayed them. So so we're saying that if we're not going animation, we're never going to get to see how Battlefront handles Ezra's enormous nose like Fantasy <laughs> Flight did. Uh, it gets better over time. Um, that could be your superpower, though. Schnaz attack. You just smack everybody with your nose. <laughs> So yeah, I, I don't know. I but like I said, it. I, I would like to get more information on that. Y you know, um, it's obviously still kind of vague. Kind of a, yeah. Can I ask so. you one last question before we move on beyond this to the DLC? Uh, go for it. Uh, you said at the very beginning that after filtering out the swearing, this is what the AMA was. Was there really a lot of that? Like, was this was the fact that this was an AMA? Did that become just an invitation for people still angry about Battlefront Two to show up and rip them a new one and swear all over the place, or was it more contained than it sounds? Because you made it sound, you know, kind of in passing there, like this was sort of a chaotic mess that you had to sift through a lot of anger just to get to the real stuff. Or am I just misinterpreting that? Um, I I was mostly joking. I, honestly, okay. yeah, I um I, I mostly just read the. Uh like the screenshots of um, the important stuff. I didn't actually sift through any of it because I don't have that much patience. Ah, okay, cool. Cause I was, I was hoping that, you know, the star Wars community was a little more reserved than that, a little more respectful than that. But then this is also a gaming community and gaming community can become, well, and, know, even and more of a heaven to time. And the thing is, um, cause this, this is the last thing, um, you know, that, that we mentioned is right at the end that, they did say they're bringing back microtransactions. 
but not how, right? They still are just saying they're coming and we'll announce something more in like March or something. Yeah, I mean, they, they didn't give a whole lot on it, but they're like, by the way, you know, it's going to be back. So I, I assume the way I take took it, um, uh, yeah, I, I'd have to go back and look at it, but m- the way I took it was they were basically just going to turn that back on. Um, which I, I think, too, to be fair, this late in the game, I think it's a little bit ridiculous to, to kind of be too upset about you know what i mean like the right. game's been out for what let's see uh about five months now four or five I'm months i'm not sure I, I i haven't done the mental math but i would i would agree with you because i mean if it, it pay to win is one of those things that really is an issue at the beginning because that's when everybody's supposed to be progressing on a relatively level playing field but we're right. so far along right I mean, you've got people who are way out. This is kind of like, I forget what it was called, but in the original Battlefront where you had to unlock the star cards and that sort of thing with the credits that you earned for playing the game, they did eventually have that thing where you could just go on PSN or Xbox Live or whatever and just buy the the ultimate unlock or whatever it was. It unlocked everything for you if you didn't want to go get it. And there wasn't much outcry about that, but again, that was well enough into the game's lifetime that I don't think anybody would have confused uh, that type of thing with, uh, play or pay to win. Um, I don't know. I, we'll, we'll see. Although I'm, I agree with you that that is not much of an issue now. Mm-hmm. So it shouldn't cause outcry. Right. I would argue that instead it is going to cry, cause outcry, if only because it is bringing back microtransactions at all, given the heat that they took in the first place. I don't think there's any way they can win with this. It doesn't matter what the microtransactions are. As soon as they turn that back on, the controversy explodes again, and people start going off again. Even if they retool them to the point where they are the ideal microtransactions, it's not going to matter because it's just the fact that they exist. I mean, they almost really need to come up with a way to package them so that the term microtransaction doesn't quite fit anymore. Mm-hmm. It, kind of like rebranding. Like, for, like you talk political parties, um, every few generations there's a rebranding You know, where, for instance, for a while there – if you were a Democrat, you were proud to call yourself a liberal, and then liberal became the bad term that was used against them, so they started saying progressive, and it's kind of come around, and now we're probably going to see it shift again. Same thing, different name because of public perception. I would say the same thing here. If they can come up with a way to package it that's not going to sound like microtransactions, they might be okay. But anything microtransaction-wise, no matter how good it is, is going to get people angry because it's one of those – you know that they screwed up in the first place and became the uh, the lightning rod. The storm is still out there. The they're still going to get struck. There's one thing I think you're not considering though, which is, which is what? once again this game's been out for quite a while. Do you I think th- of the attention span of the public. Yeah, I think that basically this will probably fly a bit more under the radar because um, the, I think the reason why beforehand was people were anticipating it and they were looking forward to it. I think at this point, a lot of people were turned off initially, and so they're they're done, and they're not going to be paying attention. Um, there are people who got their, you know, their play value out of it, and they said, all right, that's it, and I'm going to move on to the next video game, you know, whatever that may be. And then I think there's people who, you know, they just played the, um, the campaign for the most part and moved on. I think that, 
now there's a much smaller number of people who are actually playing the game, who are actually keeping up with what's going on, um, that will even notice the the transactions come back. And at that point, you then have to segment, okay, how many of them actually care? And then how loud can those people actually get? Uh, see, see, you're being way too kind to 2018 <laughs> right now. Um, you're working under the assumption that it actually matters who's playing the game in terms of the attention that it no. will get and the outroar. That, it doesn't matter. It, it, I don't think the outrage is mostly going to come from people still playing the game. If you're still playing the game, then it's because you like it and you're probably not going to care about the microtransactions. No, I hear it's you. the fact that as, as soon as they come back, you're going to have gaming sites all over the place posting up their articles with their clickbait of, of Battlefront 2 brings back microtransactions, EA is the devil. And thanks to social media, that will gain momentum in lightning speed, and all of a sudden, it will be everywhere again, and people will be pissed. Many, uh, Just like the first time, there were a lot of people who were angry about the microtransactions in Battlefront 2 who never picked up Battlefront 2. They were never going to play it. It was the principle of the thing. Well, it'll be the principle of the thing again. It's just that there'll be an even smaller player base saying, you know, actually, guys, it's not too bad amidst the cacophony of you must die kind of stuff. Over the whole, just just the nature of microtransactions in general. I don't, I don't. It, it's the same thing as like I mean, a lot of people I know who who lambasted the the Last Jedi. I asked them later, so you know, you hated the Last Jedi. You know, well, you know, why? What was it that you saw that you didn't like about it? And they'd give me some general points. And be like, no, but what was it specifically about the film? Well, I didn't see it because I'm boycotting all Disney Star Wars. <laughs> why are you talking to those people? You know exactly. Uh, why am I friends with those people? Because I am an I am a, a gentle. I'm a gentle sort. I like to see all different perspectives. It's just that sometimes people are nuts. Um, I don't know. I, I think if, if social media were not an issue, I think you would be exactly right at the way that this will play out. But in 2018, with the prevalence particularly of Twitter and Facebook, I don't see how this doesn't blow up in their faces again. Well, I, but I think it's a damned if you do, damned if you don't. Um, they're always going to have the, the reputation for it. And now that they've said we'll bring it back at some point, if they don't, then they're just going to get crapped on as, see, they said they were going to, but they didn't, wimps. I mean, they're going to get, I'd say they get less crap for that than actually bringing them back, but they're in a no-win situation here. Yeah, I, like I said, I, I think that, um, you know, I, I think that uh, the sites, they're more interested in clicks, and I think that I, m my feelings, and, and we'll see soon enough, but my feelings are that they believe that it's you know it's already passed that people aren't going to be as concerned with it that they pretty much everyone already said what they um were going to say about it and that people aren't going to be monitoring it at this point to make sure that um they're still keeping it because i i think that i think a lot of people consider it as over and done because of course um you know, they, they talked about that uh, even recently, like they didn't really hit their January numbers like this. This game's not doing very well. Um, and, you know, well, it, it's not doing well compared to their projections. It's right. doing well for a game in general. Well, right. But at the same time, you it's uh, it's they're not really. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's, it's kind of like with tentpole films and stuff like that. It's like, you know, you really need, even if um, even if the, the game or the film makes money, if the studio had a bunch of duds this year that didn't make money, you also need to make up for them, and then you also need to kind of make a big profit to stretch out from there. Um, 
so you blame it so so it's not about battlefront 2 it's all about a mass effect andromeda that makes perfect sense <laughs> right well basically what i'm saying is that you know a lot of times with these these big tentpole projects they um they can still be disappointments uh, because they they were expecting them to kind of make up for other failures but anyhow point being you know i i think that the the community has sort of seen this as you know what we showed them i don't know that they're gonna pay much attention or care too much past that because like you said they're probably not playing it anyway um and like i said i, I think that i think most people just be like oh look look there they're they're trying to bring it back um now because they think that um you know, that we won't notice or, you know, nobody's even playing the game or whatever, you know, someone, they'll probably make their comments and then move along. That's, that's my opinion on it. Um, I, I think that basically, like I said, everybody's gotten everything out of their system. And at this point, um, most people realize that it doesn't really matter. Okay. Okay. So we can leave it there. But speaking of that, since not as many people are playing now and there's the question of how profitable the microtransactions would even be when brought back, I've got to wonder how many more times we're going to get something as cool as what we got with the season of The Last Jedi, which is story DLC, additional chapters in the tale of the Versio family and so forth mm -hmm. uh, going forward. So we had the original tale. The original tale took us basically from the Battle of Endor up through the Battle of Jakku for most of the game, and then we had an epilogue-type segment that basically jumped ahead to right before The Force Awakens. And now we have DLC called Resurrection. It's three different missions, uh, which all basically take us from around the end of The Force Awakens, or uh, I guess during The Force Awakens, up through the lead-in to The Last Jedi, giving us, among other things, the rationale for why it is that the Republic, or excuse me, the Resistance, has any idea how to even take down one of these fleet-killing dreadnoughts that shows up uh, at the beginning of that film. Like, how do they know where to hit and that sort of thing? And apparently, uh, they've now explained on the Star Wars show, I believe, uh, giving us also a rationale for how they would have gotten the plans to know where in Snoke's ship they would be able to get in there, the supremacy, to get to the little, you know, breaker or whatever it is that they're supposed to take out in order to take out the... Uh, the entire hyperspace tracking thing that would have been connected from the bridge and all that. So you mean, we got some lead into a film, some, t excuse me. You mean Snoke's boudoir? Snoke's, yeah, Snoke's boudoir. <laughs> uh, as Mr. Don't join said, uh, <laughs> but yes, uh, you basically have new story content that links it to the film that builds on what was there before that without necessarily filling in any gap of the, you know, almost 30 years in between. But, I noticed in your notes that you put down for the things that they talked about at the AMA, I don't see anything about story content. And I wonder right. if we've got all that we were going to get or if there is still more coming. Uh, and given the production costs of that sort of thing, I would imagine it's going to come down to whether they're able to finance it through something like the microtransactions. So my best guess would be that we're probably not going to see much more of it, so we better make the most out of what we've got. Um, that said, Resurrection – Pretty good. Gave us the introduction of an older Aiden. Gave us uh, Zay, Aiden's daughter. Gave us an older Shiv. Sent them on a mission that basically wound up, uh, well, I don't want to, not to spoil it, um, kind of a harrowing mission that gave us some more emotional punch in the gut for those of us who played the main campaign. So for me, it was certainly worthwhile. Definitely worth the money uh, for free. 
definitely worth those zero dollars. Yeah. <laughs> um, I actually would have paid right. for this DLC yeah. and had no reservations about it. Um, but you really were were so stoked about it that you were like, "We gotta hold this for another episode, man." Mm-hmm. So, tell me about it. What was it that, that that lit your fire on this DLC so much that you wanted to hold it? For this time. Well, what I liked about it was that it, it ended up just being so much more than what I expected, you know, um, because the game itself was pretty short. So I expected DLC to be really short. And honestly, I felt like that uh, it took me about as long to play through the DLC as it did to play through the game. Um, there, there was quite a bit of content. Uh, I liked where they took everything. I mean, it, it honestly, you know what it, it felt like was almost like a sequel to the, the first game. No, yeah, but that's because you've been trained by the Force Unleashed to expect the sequel to be much shorter than the original. <laughs> Thanks. Um, but I, I wasn't trained for it to be free, though. See, that's that's the difference. This is This is true. So, yeah, this felt like basically like you got a game that you would have probably been like force unleashed Two, where you're like you know that wasn't that was pretty decent but um it was a bit short but this time you go yeah but it was also free um can i can i ask you from a from a size perspective mm -hmm. would you think that a good for those who haven't played it uh, and, and maybe you've played these maybe you haven't but would you think that as an analogy this would be kind of like you look at uncharted 4 and then you look at Uncharted Lost Legacy that was originally meant to be DLC for Uncharted 4 that became its own game but was a bit shorter. That is kind of that type of ratio that if you – not necessarily in terms of length because the you know, Battlefront story campaign is nowhere near as long as the campaign of, of Uncharted 4. But that it's kind of that sort of thing where it's maybe about half the length or a little bit more that you get with the DLC. We just say it's a, it's a good – ratio for those who haven't played it yet uh, to me it felt like more than half of the really the full game it felt it felt that way to me because i was like man i can't believe this thing is still going um was it be, do you think that's because you were better a better player now because you had played through the rest of it so um well no because that's that right. would be the opposite well, no, that would have been the opposite wouldn't right it? huh Maybe I got worse. <laughs> Maybe. Oh, well, that, you know, that's that's certainly possible if you're taking medication. <laughs> no, this was this was prior to that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know, dude. But I I, I liked it. I I thought that it was cool that they actually um, gave you relevant story content that you really had to play through. You know, if you wanted to know where everything went from there. You had to play this, you know, and um, we, I, I figure everyone at this point would, would know, um, but, you know, spoilers for it, um, they, they they do a lot of stuff that I didn't see coming. Uh, the, the biggest thing is actually killing Aiden at the end of this game. Um, that was That was a bit of a shocker to me. And they set it up to where you're now going to play as, you know, if we, whether it be in like Battlefront 3 or whether it be in more DLC to come, it sort of seemed like they're like, all right, get ready. Next time you're going to be playing as Zay. Yeah, that really did surprise me. I was really surprised at the end of the main campaign since we're using spoilers here. Uh, so mm -hmm. spoilers, folks. Uh, I was very surprised when they did jump to the, to the future uh, at the end of the previous campaign that they actually killed off Dell. Like I expect, you know, it looked like he was killed. There was part of me was like, maybe he really isn't dead because we go to the outside shot from the window when the blaster fires. Uh, but yeah, apparently he actually is dead as, as they kind of clarify here, uh, as we see a little bit more with Gideon. And then to actually 
have Aiden die and hand off to the next generation, it really does fit with the theme of that era of storytelling, the sequel trilogy era of storytelling, right? The old guard passes and the new guard steps forward. But I didn't expect the game to do that. I expected Aiden to stick around for pretty much any DLC story content they were going to give us. Uh, and Zay was, for me, Zay was kind of out of left field in the sense that we knew that it was a, that they had a girl. And of course people were like, right. oh my God, it must be Ray. <laughs> no, it's not. It's just someone whose name rhymes with Ray. Right. Uh, but you know what? That didn't I, even click for me that, that the name rhymes with yes, Ray. They do. Yep. <laughs> oh my uh, God. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, she was a decent character. Um, I think the gameplay itself was fairly solid. Mm-hmm. It didn't really change up the formula much except of who you were playing as and the interactions, which is a big right. part of the way that the story campaign works. Um, the only thing that got me about this that bothered me and by and large, I think it was a great experience. Uh, I think it was just as fun as playing the regular campaign and cool to see it build instead of just being some random mission or like with The Force Unleashed, some alternate reality thing, which is fine in its place, but I really wanted to know more about these characters, uh, our characters. But Zay, man, they've got to fix Zay's AI. Oh, really? Zay is an idiot. <laughs> um, you know what? I didn't notice that a little bit. Just a little bit, yeah. Oh, that- I She's... repeatedly had to do a certain checkpoint over and over again because she is supposed to be, like, accessing a computer terminal. I'm, yeah, I was about to say, I know exactly what you're talking about. every time get close, she just stops and stands there. She doesn't join the fight. She doesn't help you do anything. She's just like, oh, there are enemies coming. I guess I shouldn't hurry and, and slice. I should just <laughs> stand here pretending I'm doing nothing. Well, nothing to see here. Well, I think she sasses you as well. Like, hey, you want to get them off of me? And I'm like, hey, you want to either shoot or, or keep or yeah or, or, or keep hacking yeah I, I did notice that a little bit um it seems like it was a bit of a bug um right but yeah it certainly wasn't intended surely right not. right but that aside um like I, said, I thought it played pretty smoothly now one thing i kind of wish we would have gotten a close-up of it but we have the um modified in one uh naboo starfighter that the pirates mm-hmm. flying um I thought that was really cool. It would have been a lot cooler if I could have actually seen, like, like got a better look of it because he was zipping around so fast that I blew it up before I could actually get a look at it. Mm-hmm. Um, and a Nebulon too. There's a there's a pirate version. Oh, of you're a right. Nebulon yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I thought that was a lot of fun. Um, seeing some of that stuff uh, brought about in the game. Uh, of course, they brought Shiv, uh, Shiv, Shriv, yeah, Shriv back. Shriv. Um, who was fantastic. I think he was really the standout of this game, uh, for a lot of people. Um, so it just, you know, it, it just made me think how much, um, I really did like this game overall and how I, I would say at this point, I think that just from the single player mode, I think it is easily worth the, um, you know, 60 bucks that, that they're asking for it. Um, just to play through the single player mode. Um, even if you were not playing any of the um, multiplayer stuff whatsoever, I think it's uh, personally, I, I think it's worth it. I mean, when you look back mm-hmm. to other games that I enjoyed that, yeah, may not be as long or whatever, like for instance, the uh, the first Uncharted game, I think that I got uh, the same enjoyment and, um, uh, you know, gameplay and everything out of this as I did something like, say, that first Uncharted game. So I had a lot of fun with it. Um, I hope, you know, I hope we get more DLC. Uh, I think it would be pretty cool 
if we can see something like, for instance, because we know she's going somewhere else and we know that the, the first order are in different places besides just, you know, following behind, um, the, uh, the Rattus. So it would be cool to actually be able to see, um, a small example of that, you know, of what's going on in the galaxy at large and have Zay sort of be your, um, you know, your, your little avatar through that. Yeah, she could be like a spy or something, and then the the resistance could be like, we got to go to this system. We got to go and and take out the first order because they're causing trouble there. How do you know? Well, that's what they say. But <laughs> um, wow, I think I think I'm with you though on the idea that now, especially with the story DLC that is free, if you consider that part of the value of what you're getting, I think they're they're right about able to justify the cost of the game. Especially at the discounted prices you see it now, mm-hmm. um, right? For someone who's just into single player, that's actually part of why, like, I, I, I've done a couple things. One, I kind of balance out the amount of fun I got out of this game and the enjoyment I got just of the story campaign, and I compare that to something else recently that I picked up, which was the Inpatient, which is a VR game from the people that made Until Dawn. It's like a prequel to Until Dawn. That game, you play it for two hours. And then unless you want to replay the same conversation stuff over and over again to slightly change the story and get the trophies or something, there's really nothing else left to do. And it's a $40 game. Um, we, we've we talked about the game prices before and how really without microtransactions or, D, or paid DLC, there's got to at some point be a breaking point where the prices rise. But if we're just looking at current prices, regardless of how realistic they are right. um, for funding the games, I think that... I would almost say that right now I feel like the – or I, my opinion is, I don't say feel like, but it seems as though um, Battlefront 2 is kind of in that sweet spot between the $40 game and the $60 game in terms of price for the just the campaign mode. So if you dabble a little in multiplayer, just a tiny bit, and get a little bit of fun out of that, but you're mostly focused on the campaign, you could probably still justify purchasing this. But the fact that it's in most places, it's not anywhere near the $60 price tag anymore should Mm -hmm. make it a no brainer for anyone who wants to play a solid Star Wars video game single player. Um, Even if you completely ignore multiplayer now at discounted prices, it's worth it. Like I look at the game and I was feeling bad about not doing many live streams with it. I'll probably do one more to kind of tell them what I'm thinking before I get before any DLC comes out. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times I'll sit back and say, man. I don't know if I got my money's worth out of that game when I finished playing a game. And I look at this one, and I don't have that question anymore. Right. I played a, I played some multiplayer. I did the story campaign. I'm good for the 70 bucks that I spent. I don't need to play it more to get more value out of it. And that's, that's something they probably won't get nearly as much credit for as they should, uh, given the solidity of the campaign and the, um, and the story DLC. There's, right. there's too much with the microtransactions that they're probably not going to get credit where it's due. Yeah, and it's unfortunate. I mean, they they kind of did something that, that, like, I get it. I get why people were upset, but the flip side, it's it's kind of unfortunate that they're not going to, you know, that that that's essentially the legacy of this game, and not hey, we uh, for the first time truly in um, you know in, in this era of Star Wars, you know, in the uh, post Disney era of Star Wars we actually get a um you know a, a game with a, a decent 
story, you know, with like a, a realistic story, because I mean, even going back to the, uh, um, was it uprising? What was the star Wars game? The yeah, game? uprising. Yeah. I mean, yes, it had a story kind of, but not really. Um, so this one, at least it had like a legit story that is Canon and I, I think really kind of goes along with, you know, some of the stuff that we had gotten prior. And, you know, for the first time that we've gotten that since what? The Force Unleashed 2? Was that the last, like, story game that we got? You know, I'd have to think back on it. But that's, if not the last, it was certainly one of the last. Mm-hmm. Unless you count, you know, like Lego Star Wars The Force Awakens giving us new story bits with their uh, DLC missions. Yeah, And those are are canon adjacent right stuff. right but i'm just for um you know just for, to keep things clean i guess um that's not probably the best word for it but uh just you know for simplicity's sake uh, i'm not going to count those um you know I, I mean more specifically an actual legitimate video game um that tells its own new story connected in canon all the way through. Um, and I'm, I'm pretty sure the last one that we got was, uh, the force unleashed two, or, you know, maybe there was something else about that air, you know, that time that game came out in 2010. So you're looking at basically a seven year gap. Um, I mean, that, that's essentially like, that's a generation of gamers. <laughs> you know what I mean? That to never get like a, a Star Wars story game? Mm-hmm. Well, I think part of it also is we had the stuff that would have come between were the things that got canceled, right? Like First Assault and Star Wars 1313. Mm-hmm. So that just widens that gap more and more every time they canceled something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's oh, it's so crazy. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm glad that we got this. Of course, we've had more... Um, you know, more stuff getting canceled and, and being a bit of a, a pain in the butt. Well, now, um, I, I'll give you one other one, though. Uh-huh. Just to be fair, there was Connect Star Wars. And I know people mock the heck out of it. Although, if you haven't seen the, the version of the Han Solo teaser with I'm Han Solo from Connect Star Wars put in as the music, you're missing out. You must look for that on YouTube. Um, but Connect Star Wars did have a story campaign. It actually was an okay story um, back in 2012, so that was a couple of years after The Force Unleashed 2, but it usually isn't thought of. It's, it's kind of like Battlefront 2, right? You think of Battlefront 2, most people tend to think of the multiplayer, just like you think Connect Star Wars, you think of like the dancing and the goofy stuff, but it actually had a, a, a relatively decent-length campaign for a game with a bunch of other modes in it. Hmm. And it played... Yeah, I don't want to say it played well, um, <laughs> but it played better than most would expect when they just look at Connect Star Wars and think of the dancing and like the Rancor mode and stuff like that. Uh, it was, it was all right. All right. Well, like I said, I, I think we can at least agree that uh, it's been, we've, we've gotten very little in the past, you know, seven years. Uh, so it's nice to, to have gotten this. And like I said, I, I hope that EA can get their stuff figured out and can keep, you know, that we can actually get more games. I, I'd like to get at least a game a year. Um, I don't know that anything is slated to come out this year, um, unless I'm just not remembering correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, not yet, not yet. And and it, it while we're on the the hey, we'd like to see a game a year. I, I'd like some VR content, 
<laughs> yeah. EA, get us a game a year, and Nate wants more VR content. But, uh, man, that's that's about all I got for this show. Um, and then you got anything else? No. No, I think we're good. Um, they are doing a lot of previews of Legion right now, but we don't have any actual Legion releases yet. And the only big releases from Fantasy Flight in recent memory has just been that they put out the Chimera and Profundity for Armada. But mm -hmm. uh, otherwise, pretty quiet right now. Right. All right. So, uh, I mean, it makes sense. There was, you know, there was several announcements not, not that long ago. So, um, you know, we'll, uh, as we get more, we'll, we'll announce that on here. So go ahead. If you're not already following us, uh, or not, yeah, I mean, I guess following us as well. You can follow us on uh, Twitter or Facebook, just Cloud City Casino on those. Uh, we have our email address, cloudcitycasino at gmail.com. You can shoot us anything over. We'll definitely read that on the show. Uh, and then, of course, subscribe to us so you can get us as we come out, because especially lately we've been a bit irregular. Um so uh, <laughs> I know I you said we're being way nicer than the facts actually dictate. We we've been way irregular. We've been oh okay. I'm scattershot. So, okay, you're going that route. I I thought you were. Uh, you thought I was gonna make a poop joke, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, and that uh -huh, and that's I'm why I paused for about a half a time. second <laughs> this time. Uh, so anyhow, yeah, go ahead and make sure you subscribe when 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 we start messing up. Uh, you can definitely get the episodes as they drop, and uh, we're on pretty much everything um but go ahead and especially on itunes leave us a review and we'll we'll read that on the show and then of course you can always find us over at uh, starwarsreport.com uh nate you're in some places yes uh my book a saga on home video is available over on amazon uh, and elsewhere but amazon is just the fastest easiest place to get it at this point uh i of course am with michael morris on this show but also with mark herleman on star wars beyond the films and they're both at starwarsreport.com so if you're looking for cloud city casino you might look for star wars beyond the films also we're in the midst of our year in review looking back at the books the comics the games and the other stuff from 2017 at this point and, of course, uh, you know, among other things out there, my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash chronoradio is out there. Uh, do have a look up there for the Profundity and Chimera for Armada recently, another Imperial Assault skirmish map on there. And then actually quite a few episodes recently released as part of my Nate's Favorite Deck Building Game series, uh, focusing primarily this time on the DC Deck Building Game for those who are into that sort of thing, uh, though it's not necessarily quite Star Wars. It's still gaming, so maybe take a look. Well, there you go. And, uh, of course, you can just find me as uh, Morris Isley on um, both Twitter and Instagram. So, with that being said, never forget. Let the Wookiee win. Feeling free and it feels alright. Oh, time to do the things I like. Gonna see a princess, everything's alright. Oh, no job but an answer to. Ain't a fixture in the palace zoo. No, it's just the carpet nights off me. I'm living life now that I'm free. Yeah, told me get myself together. Now I got myself together. Now I made it through the weather. Better days are gonna be better. I'm so happy. 
going to say if uh if he didn't you know leave with the same han solo he came in with oh i don't even i i don't even know how that's supposed to work <laughs> you're, just, you're done <laughs> i want to see chewbacca i mean what and why is nobody angry that they recast chewbacca huh 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 orlando orlando too but i think the pimp coat does it for lando well and everyone loves uh you know everybody loves lando it's not just me. Right. I don't know. I think there's love and there's obsession. Hey, you're probably right. This party's over.